Howdy. Welcome to episode 1.5 of part one, Reconciliation, of the Warp and Wolf. I'm your host, Grover Elliott, and I'm covering my fifth defining characteristic, I am a Texan. You can take the boy out of Texas, but you can never take Texas out of the boy. I wasn't born there, and I no longer live there, but I grew up in the great state of Texas. And if you've ever met a Texan, you know why I rank this as number five of my self-identity markers. We like to brag about Texas. And if you are a Texan, you're probably wondering why I rank this way down at number five, and yet still have the audacity to call myself a Texan. Fair enough, I, I concede. That state's rich history has created a mold we, we all, every American, to some extent, try to fill. Everybody loves cowboys, barbecue, tequila, and that rugged sense of individualism, right? But in truth, every state has its own special qualities and history, and some of them have personalities that change over time. How much has the place where you grew up and or live now affected you as a person? Hopefully only for the better. Your home state, especially the one where you grew up, can have an effect on the way you relate to nature, whether you turn out to be a city dweller or country folk, the kind of music you listen to, the type of sports you follow, the way you talk. You people from Boston seriously need to learn how to speak like a human being. Why does it always sound like you want to fight, even when you're inviting someone over for Thanksgiving dinner? I mean, my current home state makes headlines every November when some brother-in-law gets stabbed over a drumstick. But we still sound more hospitable. Hey, a little humor there, all right? True as, true as it may be. Let's embrace our differences, because those are what make this country so darned interesting. Take full advantage of exploring those differences and getting to see and appreciate different ways of living. I'll always be a Texan, from my boots to the way I speak, and I'm proud of it. Not to the exclusion of your being proud of your roots, these are just mine, and my loyalty lies there. In fact, this is a prioritized list of my loyalties, from top to bottom. I'm an individual, I'm a Christian, I'm a husband, I'm a father, and I'm a Texan. Individual, Christian, husband, father, Texan. Embrace your roots. Be proud of your roots. And accept other people's roots. Appreciate their points of view. Do you? It's all relative after all. I mean, what's a Yankee? I had this discussion with several friends. One of them from Oklahoma said to our Wisconsinite friend, You don't understand because you're just a damn Yankee. He asked... A damned Yankee? And what do you think a Yankee is, eh? Anyone from north of the Mason-Dixon line? I said, no, a Yankee is anyone from north of I-20. Our Cajun friend said, I thought it was anyone from north of I-10. <laughs> Everything is relative, right? We all laugh at our differences because we're good friends. Come to think of it... We're friends because of our differences. Embrace those differences and work hard to understand them. You'll likely find that through differences, 
you find commonalities, but you have to explore with an open mind. When I was in seventh grade, I had a great history teacher. As I indicated before, I can only name about five teachers and professors throughout my entire educational career that had a profound effect on me as an individual. And I'll wager the same is probably true for you as well, if you think through it. Mrs. Carroll was awesome. Not at first, mind you. I was like all the other kids, just napping through history, boring stuff that happened long ago. Then one day, one of the more disrespectful kids was called out in class for making noise or something. And he asked, why do we have to learn all this junk? We all perked up, like, yeah, why? Mrs. Carroll calmly said, we study history so that we don't repeat the same mistakes others have made. That just made sense to me, and I've been a history buff ever since. Thank you, Mrs. Carroll. And she's dead now, I'm sure, so I can tell this story that she told us not to repeat. She was at a teacher's conference, and a representative from a major textbook publishing company was speaking about their latest American history textbook. He went on and on and on about them, and then reached for the box of books beside him to hand them out, then stopped and apologized that he didn't have the books with him. The teachers protested, pointing out the large and heavy book box next to him. After being pressed, he admitted that he had books, but he had a northern printing. Yes, that's the sound the teachers made. What? Northern printing, they exasperated. What, what is such a thing? Well, he confessed, we print different books for the north and the south. Small differences here and there, lessons that emphasize different places, events, and personalities contingent upon location. No problem, the teachers protested. We get that, but we can still get a sense of the quality of the product. He said, no, no, when you get to the Civil War section, you will likely revolt. The two versions are very different. Now, did that make me want to revolt against the cabal that brainwashes us into division and submission? Not in seventh grade. But it did make me hold tighter to the first moral lesson I can remember receiving. It was from my grandmother. She said, always get at least two sides of the story before you make up your mind. I've tried to do that with my own state, Texas. I read about the Texicans, the Mexicans, the Spanish, the Roman Catholics, the Native Americans, the flora, the fauna, and the Tennesseans. Everything that played a major role in making Texas the state that I love and that it is today. We all know that Mississippi is full of racist, white, illiterate, redneck bigots, right? Much of the country has been taught that. Most of the media still project that idea. Yeah, but they project that image onto the entire southeastern United States, for that matter. But if you're from one of the more enlightened and tolerant areas of the country, consider this. Mississippi contains the highest percentage of blacks of any state, 38% of the population, while fully integrated Shangri-Las like New York come in at less than half that percentage. In fact, the top 12 states, as ranked by percentage of black population, are Mississippi, Louisiana, Georgia, 
Maryland, Alabama, South Carolina, Delaware, North Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, Florida, and Arkansas. Did a particular region of the United States come to mind as I read that list? You might consider Maryland and Delaware to be outside the Southeast, but they were border states during the Civil War. They kept slavery, but did not secede. History ain't so simple, is it? No simpler than current times. The rampant systemic racism that is claimed to exist in these areas just isn't there. Go and visit. Check it out for yourself. How can a society survive when all it wants to do is persecute 38% of its client base and neighbors? It can't. And yet, Mississippi and states all around her do exist. Here's another interesting fact. Washington, D.C. has a higher percentage of blacks than Mississippi at 41.4%. Now that's enlightenment. But what if I told you blacks represented 72% of the deaths from COVID in Washington, D.C.? Hmm. The point is that just because someone is from somewhere else doesn't mean you know how they tick. In fact, it means just the opposite. So sit a spell and ask them about themselves. Every time I visit my friend in Wisconsin, I'm reminded of the fact that the South doesn't hold a monopoly on rednecks. They some good people up amongst the cheeseheads. I've seen more interracial couples in the Southeast than anywhere else I've traveled, though the statistics on marriage would indicate otherwise. And what about all those Aryans in Idaho? Did you know that the Aryan nation was labeled a national terrorist threat by the FBI? And yet, at their national symposium in the late 70s, at their height, the most they could count among their membership was between one and two hundred. Nationwide, two hundred. What you've been taught about your state is probably only half right. But what you've been taught about other states is at least half wrong. I didn't mean this to be a piece on racism, but racism is used as a major dividing factor in our country today. Of course, it's not the only one. Humanity's greatest problems like climate change, at-will employment, socialized medicine, defunding the police, electric vehicles, immigration laws, homelessness, welfare, social media platforms, and, and Luke Bryan are being used to pit us against one another, to tear us apart. But it's our choice to change that. Be proud of where you come from and where you are. Learn about it and learn about the others. Get at least two sides of the story before you make up your mind. Being a Texan gives me a place, a background, a clan to which to belong, a base of pride. But I'm not just a Texan, unless she ever heads out on her own, in which, see y'all, I'm heading back. But until then, I'm also an American, and that is coming up next. Thank you.